You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Tax Wrap podcast, episode 62. I'm Steve Burnham, joined today by Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hey, Steve. And Andy. Good to be here, Steve. Now, guys, the uh, the talk of the week has, seems to be on negative gearing. It's been all I've been hearing about uh, since the weekend, uh, because on the weekend, Labor came out with their proposal which was to um, limit negative gearing to new housing uh, after July 1, 2017, and grandfather the, uh, any arrangements that are made before then. Um, so what's it all mean? I mean, well, today uh, Scott Morrison, the Treasurer, um, gave a speech at the press club and um, we were all glued to the, our sets, as it were, uh, to hear the um, LNP side of the uh, negative gearing uh, ideas but didn't get much out of it. But uh, guys, what do you know about it all? Uh, I'm, I'm dying to know. I guess, Steve, the first thing to say is, you know, this issue of neg- negative gearing has been going on for years and yeah, years true. now, I think, in terms of, you know, the debate about it. Um, as far back as 1980, I think it was 1984, 85, you know, the then Labor government did, you know, remove negative gearing for about 12, 12 to 18 months before That's it was right. reinstated. So, so it is an issue that is, you know, um, very hot, mostly because property and particularly residential property is such an emotive issue out there for you know owning the Australian home owning the Australian dream and also having something on the side by way of uh, investment properties you know probably up there that's right you want to achieve so it is a cultural thing in Australia and I guess that's why the issue itself is very hot but at at the present moment what we've seen from Labor is they're the only party that's come out with some sort of commentary on negative gearing we did see a little bit last year Lisa on in the rethink paper in terms of you know what the government's thoughts were and there there are two two elements to it the first one is actually the loss itself so when you negatively gear a property usually it's your interest deductions that are quite high so you can claim a deduction for that so that you know in simple terms gives rise to an economic loss yeah so and you can uh, offset that loss against your other income in your tax return for example your salary and wages so and so essentially one way to put it in simple terms is that you know the Australian taxpayers are essentially subsidising to some extent uh, that loss by way of allowing you to offset that loss against your other income. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, the other element to it as well is to do with the CGT general discount. Oh, that's right. They were proposing to limit that to twenty five percent. That's correct. Okay, yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, so that particular discount, um, that fifty percent discount, came in. From 1999, um, prior to that period of time, people were only allowed to rely on indexation of the CGT cost base. That is what you spent on essentially the property plus any incidentals in broad terms, right. uh, in terms of calculating your capital gain. But this discount was, you know, a real boost for investors, so people could buy um, CGT assets, and if they held it for at least 12 months, for example, your shares or an investment property, that discount was slashed that discount slash your capital gain in half. Well, that, that would have only helped the uh, taste for property investment, I'd imagine. That's correct, yes. Yeah. So, and there has been some statistics that we've seen that seem to, seems to indicate that because of that, there has been a great boost in investments, not only property, but also shares, because shareholders can also avail themselves of that uh, particular discount. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing that really hasn't come out, is it, Andy, that, you know, negative gearing, you can basically, what it is, is you're basically making an economic loss in the short term on a capital asset um, to look to make it have capital appreciation in the future. So in effect, you're sort of getting a, a, 
a double dip, aren't you? You're basically getting a benefit of the tax break against your salary and wages income on your interest component. That's a lot more than what your rental component is. And then basically, especially with with, uh, real estate, with market prices going through the roof, as you well know, living in Brunswick, Steve, you know, <laughs> you couldn't probably afford that now. No, you, exactly. You really have to be on uh, Scott my, Morrison's salary to be able to afford in Brunswick. My two daughters days. are in dismay about, uh, they, they want to stay in the area, but I, I, don't, I don't think they can afford it, but anyway. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's just the property's gone through the roof, where the volatility of the share market, like, you know, we're in a bear market now, um, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's more volatile. So then you'll have the, you know, the margin calls on your interest. So I think, you know, what people are talking about with negative gearing is really on, on real property and not on the share market, but mm. it's, it's equally applicable. So, um, you know, as Andy sort of alluded to, it's very much, a, 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 it's a two part process. It's basically making the economic loss, um, in the short term that you can offset against your salary and wages income or your other income mm. and then you're basically betting on it making a gain when you dispose of it in the long term and then you've got some more tax relief with either you know basically a discount of some kind yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the real question there for steve as well is you know is you know what's driving it as well what's driving pro- property prices up is it you know um the ability for people to negatively gear or is it some some other aspects is it you know is it a supply issue so there's a whole you know there's a lot of a number of different levers that can yeah can drive drive this um i was going to ask uh, if you know about the uh, there was a lot of reports that uh, supposing that the uh, coalition policy may include a measure that limits the number of properties that can uh, be negatively geared what's the thinking behind that do you think yeah, it's it's a really tricky one. That one's we've had a few question marks in our our head because it's sort of restricting the sorts of investments that you're allowed to to have, and you should, you know, as a a reasonable person or, or you know out there in a free market, you'd like to expect that people can choose the investments that they want. They shouldn't necessarily their no. behaviour shouldn't be necessarily restricted. But then again, this this proposal by Labor is also restricting. Uh, your uh, one's behaviour in a particular way. In this particular case, as you, you noted a little bit earlier, it will if you know if this plan was to go ahead, it will kick in from one July, two thousand and seventeen. Yeah. But but negative gearing will only apply to essentially new new properties or greenfield properties, to put it loosely. So you've got to build something and then rent it out. So not you know your existing properties. That's how they look yeah. at it. And so the the argument therefore was to encourage you know, uh, new housing. Yeah. And so so whether that's a sensible way to do it as well, um, you know, one there are some commentators out there that are saying, well, look, then it's a battle between first home owners mm. and, um, and investors in terms of fighting for that same property. So does that push up the, the value of those particular well, properties? And, and with Greenfield um, properties, you know, we know, we're in Melbourne, so, you know, we know that there's the sprawl that's happening out west in, um, you know, Wyndham Vale and that sort of area. And then we've got the sprawl that's happening out at Berwick and, and that sort of thing, and even north in Craggyburn, that, um, you know, the issue then is is if it's only available at Greenfield, which means more properties will get built, what about the infrastructure there? You know, uh, what yeah. about the rail? What about the hospitals? What about the schools? Well, and look at the – sorry, Steve, um, just looking at the, the vertical suburb of the Docklands, there's been a truckload of uh, developments there. And I yep. was just hearing on the radio the other day where – um, you know, the, 
the occupancy rates are really, really low. And so they're incentivising, you know, like in, in the city with, with businesses, basically saying um, have an interest-free period, a, a oh. rent-free period or, or yep. here's a $500 voucher, dollar voucher for a supermarket chain or something like yeah, that yeah. to entice people into there. So it's, it's, it's hard to work out, you know, what they're trying to do. The only thing would be is to, you know, keep the brickies and the labourers <laughs> and all those guys in work. I was going to say, you hit the nail on the head, Lisa, because I was going to bring up the uh, factor of apartments. So mm. that that's, is a essentially a greenfield property development. So I assume negative gearing for investors will be allowed for apartment building. But of course, you know, you've said that there can be hard to rent out, there's going to be a glut, a lot of commentators are saying. So um, that's another uh, another issue. And uh, you also mentioned uh, incentives to get people to enter into leases. And Andy, you wrote, recently wrote about that in The Taxpayer, yeah, I that's believe. Correct. So that, that's, mm. a, that's another tax issue that uh, may be affected by this negative gearing issues so it's all getting a bit complicated for my little brain yeah i think it's it's all getting a little bit complicated for us as uh. to what the best approach is yeah and i think you got to think about as well who's going to benefit from any of this negative gearing and there's a lot of stats that are out there and i know that um treasurer morrison mentioned it today in in, in the press club um speech about different things they're talking about like taxable income of Eighty thousand dollars, I oh, think, is the what nurses it was. and teachers, teachers and thing. And then I thought, well, if it's taxable income, and I'm sure our listeners know out there, taxable income is is net, if I can call it that, of all the, your deductions and all your carry forward losses and all those sort of things. So, um, and the average deduction that people take for negative gearing, I think, is about ten k, is what the stats are saying. So we're saying that that so that taxable income could be gross maybe 90, maybe oh, yeah. with a few other deductions, 100. And I'm going, mm, that's that's sort of getting up there now. Yeah. And then if they've got multiple properties, you know, then add some more. And so um, if you've got three or four, it really adds up. And mm. so it's really going to be, you know, if, if the Liberal Party is talking about or, or, or modelling, because that's what... what Treasurer Morrison's talking about modelling different things and then they're going to make an assessment. If they're monitoring on limiting the number of, of properties, like how do they limit it? Is it number or is it market value? And then if the market value goes up, do you go, oh, okay, what do we do then? So the devil's always in the detail and they think, how's it actually going to get implemented? Yeah, and yeah. that's talking to you as well about apartments. Are we saying that you know if we knock down you know a beautiful house and we build you know, the block apartments of, you know, three-storey, four-storey apartments with a garage and things like that, we're saying that's a greenfield, but mm. it has been used for rental accommodation in the past? Or is it, you know, light industrial and then gets rezoned to residential? Yep. I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions. And, you know, part of part of our members' job is to work out where those loopholes are and see what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what uh, is the membership asking? What's the concerns out there with, with the tax agents? Yeah, I think, I think our members, you know, they always have clients that come to them and say, okay, look, I, I want to negatively, uh, negatively gear my property. Right. How do I do it and what does it all mean? Um, usually, you know, as an agent, you would say, okay, you know, you get these great tax deductions and then at the end of it, you can, if you sell and you make a, a good price for it, you can obtain this 50% discount. And whilst we have been talking about the complexities that lie behind um, sort of, you know, how they would, you know, how these policies will work. One simple thing that has come out of the Labor policy is reducing the general discount from 50% down to 25%. So, and as we noted a little bit earlier, that was introduced back in 1999. And so 
as we spoke about a little bit earlier, there's two ways you can skin this cat. Either you can get rid of both negative gearing and a discount, or you can leave negative gearing as it is and sort of look at the CGD discount as to whether that should be the benefit that um, that should you know be reduced for 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 investors to encourage investors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one of the things is, and this is strictly from a you know sort of economic viewpoint i mean you're still making interest payments you're still making a loss when you ne negatively mm. gear it's mm. it's not as if you know there's money in your pocket i mean if i had it my way i would love to positively gear all properties that means you've got money coming into your pocket and if you pay tax that's yeah. a good thing so yeah. so the real question therefore becomes if i were to reduce that uh, that discount would it change people's behavior because if I, from the sale of my property, I can't cover all those interests and all my economic losses, then is the investment worthwhile mm. um, from a commercial viewpoint when I look at it um, f from that perspective? Yeah, yeah, Andy, I've been thinking about it as well because I think one of the things that you think about is an active versus a passive investment. And, um, you know, that's got a big implication with um, various discounts and things like that for businesses, active asset tests and things like that for small business. And I was sort of thinking that, you know, I know our New Zealand um, comrades across the ditch basically quarantine their negative gearing components. So they're basically saying if it's if it's a passive investment, we basically say you can't use that to offset your salary and wages to reduce your tax bracket, right? It basically says we'll quarantine that until you end up positive gearing that yes. property or against other like assets okay so therefore mm. what that's doing it's just timing it so it's going to delay the deduction until you really positive gear it or dispose of it right so it's interesting to see if that approach was taken you know would that still encourage them because the the result would still be the same it's just that it's just going to be delayed so yep. people like we're talking about with gen yz instant gratification so to speak at the moment everything's got to be now yeah can i say that yeah, yeah okay thank you <laughs> i just wondered was that misconstrued did i use the wrong words i'm on the cusp of gen y so it's, <laughs> it's, right. it's okay um you know is, is is that going to be interesting so you know, you're talking about, we're talking about a lot of things and this is where it comes down to tax reform. It's just not a band-aid approach. You just can't say negative gearing. You know, what did I talk about then? You know, we're talking about interest deductibility, offsetting salary and wages. Yeah. That then reduces the bracket creep issue that's coming in. We're talking about CGT discount. We're looking at funding, you know, using investment in negative gearing to fund your retirement. Mm. Okay, what are they going to do with superannuation? And as you well know, Steve, you've just written that article, which I love, the little, uh, can I call it a meme? That making me too trendy, um, on death taxes. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so right. like, it, it's it's all feeding into the same equation. Mm. Um, Scott Morrison basically said, you know, let's, let's why, why should we disincentivise people in trying to build wealth? Okay, but so where is that? Where are we going to stop? Is it spreading? You know, the tax system spreads wealth, but are we spreading the wealth from the rich to the poor, to, from the versa. poor to the rich? Mm. Who's funding this negative gearing deduction? Which yeah. is probably the question that I've got. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, one of the other things Lisa noted with um, with quarantining losses until such time as you build income down the track is. Yeah. We currently do have a loss quarantining measure, and that's oh, yeah. the non-commercial losses. Mm. Yep, mm. and that's mainly to do with you know if you were to pump a lot of money into a, a hobby farm, for example, um, you know those losses are quarantined until such time as that 
that hobby farm starts to, to earn a buck. So yep. there's nothing to say that the law doesn't have any quarantining measures. You know, it's okay. just one of those things that people mm. don't necessarily think about. No, no, it's not an everyday thing, so you don't... Yeah doesn't come to mind but the New Zealand idea sounds intriguing that's um yeah and it's, yeah. it's just one of those other things so you know if we look at it now um we're basically saying that um we're just considering all things and making sure the policy is consistent mm. so we're saying quarantining non-commercial loss rules well should we quarantine passive investments that's sort of what it is so you're saying with the non-commercial loss rules is it a hobby or something like that so we're sort of doing that and then you know what Andy's sort of alluding to with this discount and, in effect, what Labor's suggesting with dropping the 50% to 25%, it's nearly going back to an indexation-type model. Oh, yeah. And we know things get indexed, you know, luxury uh, car limits, everything. everything Some things, most gets, things do. gets indexed, some things don't. Mm. So where's the consistency? And yep. then that makes it easy for our members to think about, OK, everything gets indexed. What's the number for this year? Or don't forget as well that super funds have a 33 and a third percent yeah. discount on CGT assets. So, oh, yeah. so potentially we could go, we can have still 33 and a third for, for super funds for 25% for, for individuals and then potentially 50% for everything else. So I think a level of consistency will put a lot of people at ease. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. exactly. you can explain it then. Mm, I, always say, mm. I always say with things that you might not like the decision, but if you're going to understand it, you know, you can deal with it, but yeah, like it's, yep. it's sort of that's the way it goes. Well, speaking of understanding, I mean, listeners, please keep coming back to the taxpayers' website and these podcasts. We'll try to explain things as best we can as time goes on. But we love negative gearing, we do. Steve. We, we do, love Steve. property. <laughs> I love my little home. Well, well that's because we're all Australian. We love our bricks and mortar, and, and who wouldn't? Um, so, look, we're up there. I just want to say a little hello to Peter from Queensland, who actually downloads the podcast and takes it on his morning walk, which is a great idea. So, hi, Peter. <laughs> uh, thanks again, Lisa and Andy. It's been wonderful. Listeners, please tune in next week.